1: For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Still across the, at the Tasman and Melbourne, though, is our next guest, Justin Marshall. Uh, good morning to you, uh, Justin. Uh, how's Melbourne?
0: Good morning, Smithy. Good morning, everybody. Um, Yeah, it's really nice, actually. It's a fantastic fantastic sporting city, isn't it? Um, Like, I've had, had obviously, the Super Round here with the rugby over the weekend. And in the meantime, um, yesterday there was a huge AFL game on uh, between uh, Essendon and Collingwood, which I found out um, they had a crowd of 84,000. In fact, I was one of that 84,000, which is the biggest crowd. Um, and a gathering like that since 2019. And then the Warriors played last night as well. So, yep, mm. sporting mecca of the world, this place.
1: OK, so uh, before we get on to the rugby, how did you find the AFL as a, a game to watch live? I never have, but they say it's a, a, a real spectacle.
0: Well, like you, until yesterday, I never had either. And all the chat was, to get along and watch it live because it's a completely different game uh, than what you see on TV. And they were absolutely right. I've seen the odd snippet of it on TV, but to go and watch it live, you just get a better appreciation for the space and what they're trying to achieve. And, um, yeah, absolutely uh, really enjoyed the game, enjoyed uh, watching the the, the way that it's like a game of chess, really, where you're trying to manipulate your way down the field to then try and get the maximum, which is the goal. And... um, you, know, you get a, uh, you also understand sort of what sort of athlete there are as well, the amount of ground that they cover. Um, just a really brief story. When we were here in 2003 with the Rugby World Cup, we are based in Melbourne for five weeks, and we trained at Collingwood. Uh, and I remember us being in the gym, and some of those guys would turn up to do their training, and they were on the treadmill running 10Ks, mate, to warm up. And <laughs> we were looking at them thinking... <laughs> What are these guys up to? But you understand why now, because I think you know, some of them run sort of 7, 8K before halftime. Mm.
1: Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, Rugby-wise, though, uh, how did Melbourne react to uh, five games of rugby uh, over the course of three nights?
0: Yeah, really well. Um, yeah, there, there are such a huge amount of Kiwis here, too. That's what was really noticeable to me. Um, in fact, I was doing sideline for uh, the Hurricanes versus the Chiefs game, and I was just sitting down there sort of uh, basically watching the game. It was really noticeable to me. The stand that was behind me was a hurricane stand <laughs> full, of, full of like New Zealanders. So I think probably in terms of Melbourne as a sporting city, this is an AFL town, uh, town and it also is a rugby league uh, town with the Storm being so dominant and such a great side and well supported. Uh, so in general, I think it's quite a few locals came along and watched it out of interest um, and also the Rebels being based here their core group of crowd came along to get a chance to see the rest of the rugby teams but for most, most of the people that were here I think were rugby people um, from New Zealand or who had travelled down a bit.
1: Okay let's look at uh, the games uh, as they, they went through just a, a brief sort of summary of each of them. The Chiefs in the end Uh, Too powerful for the Waratahs, 51-27, ran away on them in the end.
0: Yeah, they did. Look, it doesn't help when you get to a a pretty average start, which they did, um, being reduced to 13 men um, against New Zealand sides. Aussie teams simply cannot afford for that to happen to them. And the Chiefs piled a few points on during that period. But I think it's probably good to see that the the Waratahs this year, which I think has been very evident in all their games, have got a bit of character in their side. Um, A lot of young players, but also some experienced players, uh, the likes of Jake Gordon, who I thought had a really good game, stood up. Um, But ultimately, I think really, Smithy, when I watched the game, I thought when the Chiefs probably really needed to go up a gear, they had that gear to go up. Um, As much as the Waratahs stayed in the fight, um, you kind of got the feeling that they always had the firepower and the ability to win that game when they needed to, the Chiefs, and uh, I think the right result. Uh, happened on the day, and again, given the start of the, Waratahs, the Waratahs had, um, they were never probably going to be able to make up that ground.
1: So the Blues 35, uh, the Fijian Drua 18, I wouldn't say that's a, a real blowout scoreline. Uh, overall, the Blues performance, would Leon McDonald be with happy? with that on the back-up after that excellent performance against the Crusaders? The other point is, how would you think the Fijian drua compares at the moment, compared to... One of Pacifica,
0: so they are equally as impressive. I thought, and look, I, I was um, very well aware of the fact that they had been better than many thought that they would be. But leading into the Blues game, who you know at the top of the table, and given their performance, as you rightly mentioned against the Crusaders, I thought this is probably going to be at least a fifty-point um, game for the for the Blues that they would put, put, pile a lot of points on them. But I thought Bowden Barrett spoke really well after the game. I thought what, what he had to say was bang on. He said, look, hey, we knew what to expect. We knew well, what it's like playing this Fijian style uh, of game plan. Um, he said, we struggled with it a bit with the All Blacks the year before. He said, in that environment. And he said, I think we sort of struggled again today. Um, but, you know, we knew that what, what we were going to face and what we were prepared for, but it's hard to prepare for it because they have that spontaneity in the way that they play. That, you know, that it's so unpredictable that you can't be fully prepared. I think they were caught out by the physicality, particularly at the breakdown and in the contact area. They didn't win that. Um, in a nutshell, no, I don't think Leon will be happy because they just didn't help themselves, the Blues. They, they, they spilt a bit of ball. Um, they didn't front up physically when they needed to. They kept inviting the drawer into the game. And when, you, when, he, when he sits down and analyses it, he'll go, thank God we basically got two intercepts. Uh, because they were the difference AJ Lamb got basically an intercept the ball dribbled along the ground from a poor pass, he scooped it up, run 70 metres, and then Rico got an intercept, that's 14 points um, you take those off the scoreboard and that's a tight game
1: OK, let's uh, look at uh, the one you're on the sideline for, you just mentioned Hurricanes and the Reds 30-17, to 17. Reds 17 nil at one point, Hurricanes 30 unanswered points uh, in reply to that, so Artie got them going in the end.
0: It's a good point you make. Like, I was thinking to myself, that, that, that good old cliche, and it, it really did come back to haunt the Reds of don't poke the bear. Um, when Artie Sabir got head high tackled after Queensland dominating the game, um, he got hit pretty high and he wasn't very happy about it. From there on in, the game completely changed. and And his presence was immense. But others stepped up as well, I thought. CJ Piranara was really good, uh, great leadership, and his game really went up a level. Uh, and across the board, the likes of Baden Sullivan was very good. Um, the Ford pack really fronted and got, got uh, rolled up their sleeves and got stuck in. And, yeah, the Reds didn't get an opportunity to score again after that. It looked like it was going to be a difficult afternoon for the Hurricanes, and they were going to do well not to avoid a, a bit of humiliation. But they just completely turned the game around and... Artie was a catalyst for that, and, and it wasn't only the way he played. It was also his captaincy. You know, he he smelt opportunities when they were there. Just before halftime, they decided not to, to take a very kickable three. Went for the lineout. Subsequently, scored off that. I think Lomax went over. The Reds just had no answer. The, the, the minute that the Hurricanes um, started dominating the game physically and toughened up. The Reds didn't know where to go. They started spilling the ball. They played in the wrong areas and didn't have an answer. So, yeah, as much as you can't say it's a one-man band, I certainly thought that Artie was inspirational in this game.
1: Brumby's 28, Highlanders uh, 17. So uh, they couldn't catch up again this time. And now they have uh, an unenviable record, Justin, of one Mm. from eight. But unbelievably, uh, a couple of wins in their right and playoff hunt, the the Highlanders.
0: Yeah, and that's the nature Of this competition, you know, that that they still have an opportunity and look, I I certainly feel Tony Brown's pain, the the injuries that he's got at the moment, no other squad have got that many key players out um, which doesn't help and it doesn't help the balance and the flow and the rhythm rhythm, and most importantly your confidence when when you're looking outside you or inside you and you're seeing different faces each week so it it doesn't help to galvanise a team when, when you're constantly having to make changes which he had to do again for the Brumbies game, but right right from the get go, the Brumbies you know they are a good outfit. Um, they're very well drilled. They've got lots of wallabies, you know wallaby, wallaby inside backs with Nick White and, and uh, Lolo seal uh, firepower out wide um, with the likes of Tom Wright and, um guys out there. You know, given that they're missing Banks as well, so yeah, they're a very they're a very good side and they'll they'll cause some problems for for a lot of the New Zealand teams. Um, they'll have to play well to beat them. But equally, the Highlanders. They just need to find their mojo. Like you said, they they, they can still get there. Um, but look, they've got a tough task. They've got to go to Suva and play that Fiji inside. Mm. And I can tell you now, all the chat around um, this Fiji inside, and I spoke to Mick Byrne too, I happened to catch um, up with him uh, during the week, was there was huge anticipation and massive excitement about this first ever game of Super Rugby with a Fiji inside. It's not. Highlanders Chiefs actually uh, playing in Suva you know for the mm. first time it's going to be feverish atmosphere over there so it doesn't get any easier for poor old Tony Brown and the Highlanders
1: no that's I mean that, that is a, a horrible prospect in mind isn't it really when you've you've got a, a side mm. that's hurting physically they're a bit sore as well and just knowing that that is waiting for you in about five days time good god how do you look forward to that
0: you don't look forward to it <laughs> and in different different conditions either Smithy, because no. you know they'll, they'll go they'll go over there to that humidity you know be 30 plus degrees and you know different style of of the way that you have to play the game and adjust to that and then like i said then there's this you know if you think that the, 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 the you could tell that the drawer up for that game against the blues their body language and their enthusiasm levels were um, in, incredibly uh, heightened and their energy levels were very good. Imagine them running out in front of their home people <laughs> in Thuva. Man, yes. Uh, I, I don't know how you get ready for that at all.
1: No, I don't. I don't. Uh, Crus- Crusaders 42, Rebels 17. Uh, pretty, fairly predictable result
0: for you? Fairly predictable, yeah. And the Crusaders got everything out of that game that they needed to. and um, they, they didn't suffer any Injuries, which is good, so so no stress on the depth of their squad. Um, the Rebels, once they lost to Omoah, we're, we're always going to struggle because you know he's one of the key guys that gets them into the right positions, makes good decisions. It uh, didn't help them in that regard. Um, the Crusaders were always the favourites for a reason. I think they were always going to win that game. It was just about how much you and and how they were going to achieve it, but Razor won't be happy with the way they achieved it. Like right? the, the performance, when it needed to be, when they needed to find something, a, a bit like the Blues, they found it. They found their rhythm, and they just looked like they could score with consummate ease. But to, to go through the majority of that game, I think you know they, they, they made a amount of handling errors that they made in that in that match was was terrible. It wasn't a great game Smithy. Like, I think there was something like twenty six. Handling errors and mistakes, and the rebels fell off near, near on forty tackles. So, wow. in, terms, in terms of a spectacle, it, it, it had its moments. But yeah, I certainly know, and you can tell. Spoke to Razor after the game. He said, "You know, hmm, expect better than that." They they, they bombed yeah. so many tries in the first half as well. That look, they got what they want out of it. He's going. Oh, I would brush that game but when they review it this morning. they were in Kudji at the moment in Sydney, I would just say, hey boys, we're just going to bin that game and look forward to what we're doing this week because you're not going to get anywhere apart from uh, finger-pointing and that's no good and not healthy.
1: And that's uh, just finally, before we we let you go, mate, Um, uh, just looking forward to a couple of those matchups this weekend. We've talked about the Fijian at Highlanders that's, of course, in Fiji. Crusaders, as you say, in uh, Sydney now uh, against the uh, the Waratahs. So, kind of thing on on the evidence of what we've seen here, um, whether they'll whether the key for me is whether the Australian sides will get better or not as this as, as these match-ups continue. That that's to me is the key if they've closed the gap at all.
0: Yeah, really valid point that you make. It's yeah, it's very very evident to me that there certainly has been uh, a lift in their skill set and their physicality levels are better. They didn't get as bullied as much as I thought that they would by, by the New Zealand, in particular, the Ford Packs. Um, so that's a good sign. Uh, obviously, that the tempo would have been slightly different um, because the way that New Zealand teams play and the speed of ruck that they have, um, I thought that the Australian teams would get a little bit caught out by that. And they were to a degree, but not massively. So in general, most of them were competitive. But yes, that, 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 that's the only time that they've got to, to have, have a look at that, get a feel for it, understand the way the New Zealand teams play and the skill set. They can't afford to sit back and go, oh, we'll get there by round three in this amalgamation. It needs to happen mm. now. And it'll be fascinating to see where the teams like, you say, the Waratahs will be playing at home. I think they're playing at the SCG, actually, uh, which would be quite mm. cool. Oh, no, they're playing at Leichhardt, sorry. They're playing at Leichhardt over okay. there. Um, Will, will be really interesting. And, uh, you know, across the board, you know, the Brumbies are at home as well. Um, yeah, they, they need to get up to speed real quick, as do the, the Reds who were off the mark, and they've been looking really good.
1: Justin Marshall, as always, uh, fantastic to catch uh, up with you uh, this morning. Enjoy Melbourne uh, or wherever, wherever your destination uh, Where are you heading to for, for this weekend's games?
0: Um, yeah, I'm heading off to Sydney today, um, and, uh, just, uh, being based in Sydney for the weekend, uh, all the games again, as you mentioned, uh, what, well, one's in Fiji, the rest of them are here in Australia, so there's no rugby for the second week in a row in New Zealand, so I'm, I'm going to be in Sydney just, uh, helping out on Sky Sports behalf, um, with Stan, uh, so looking forward to a, another good week, uh, in fact, the, I'm going to Coogee as well, um. Thankfully, mate, and uh, the council and every person wandering around, could you be happy? Uh, I didn't know I was going to be going there, and so I didn't pack my budgie smugglers. So uh, <laughs> that'll be good. I'll just have board shorts while I'm strolling around the beach, mate.
1: Well, there's a lovely little hotel right on the corner there. I'm probably telling you things anyway, that uh, it's got a lovely uh, corner window. Um, on a nice day where you can have a nice cup of coffee and just take in the atmosphere of Coogee. I've managed to do it on a couple of occasions. Uh, and then COVID hit, so that was my last memory. Uh, mate, enjoy, enjoy Coogee. It's a lovely place, and uh, look forward to hearing your commentary next, next week, mate. Thank you. Thanks, Billy. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So
0: we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it